Why is it that you can have everything in place and do everything right, but results remain stagnant? Winston Churchill said, We're shaping the world faster than we can change ourselves, and we are applying to the present the habits of the past. Therein lie the root causes of execution gaps. Hey, it's Matt, and you're listening to the Matt Faust Mashup. Hey there, and thanks for joining me today. I'm thankful and deeply humbled that you're spending this time with me here in Season 2, Episode 8, as we look at execution gaps. Let's jump right into it. Howard Gardner, the Harvard psychologist who brought us the idea of multiple intelligences, wrote, The ultimate impact of the leader depends on most significantly on the particular story that he or she relates or embodies and the receptions to that story on the part of his or her audiences. So it's not the mere tools, toolkits, and strategies that create success in the long game of continuous school improvement. Those alone create execution gaps. Individuals in positions who sell ideas and mandate strategies are playing the short game and get short-term results. The short game creates plateaus. It creates execution gaps. The long game, it's played altogether differently. It focuses on people, culture, and impact. What precisely does this mean for school leaders? How precisely do execution gaps develop? And what can we do about it? Let's dig deeper into these questions. Education is the silver bullet. Education is everything. We don't need little changes. We need gigantic, monumental changes. When I embarked on my first graduate degree, a Master of Education in Administration, the university only had recently developed its master degree in instructional leadership. The advisors described the newly coined degree as one for instructional coaches, specialists, and curriculum directors. They recommended me against it since I was on the leadership path. This was over a decade ago. Within the last decade, I chose for some unjustifiable reason to grab another degree in curriculum and instruction. Again, the university advisors were shocked that a campus administrator wanted a curriculum degree. There's something in the water that has caused instructional leadership to be slow in gaining its rightful place in school leadership. But it is gaining its place, and it's true. Instructional leadership is an absolute necessity for any type of school improvement to incur. That said, it is not the starting point, nor the finish line to drastic and reliable school improvement. So, as the trend toward instructional leadership grows, remember, it and its corresponding practices are not the silver bullet that many believe. It's actually the reason many schools plateau. And I'm going to share that reason with you and offer some important ways to bust through that plateau. First, a working definition. Instructional leadership is the ability of school leaders to impact the instructional practices and systems in ways that produce measurable results. But let's talk limitations. 
leading improvements in classroom practice will garner quick gains. And those gains can even show up on standardized tests. However, there's only so much improvement that a focus on instruction can bring. There's an ROI threshold where results do not justify the efforts. I realize that it may seem counterintuitive. After all, instruction is the core of what we do in schools. Many schools work with teachers, PLCs, teams, coaches, specialists, consultants, and and then they tweak the curriculum, realign the standards, unpack the standards again and again, yet minimal gains result. Many times, if there are large gains, they occur quickly, then plateau. As a matter of fact, it's at a point where these practices are simply the bare minimum for continuous improvement. And the danger of a plateau lies in what happens next, because plateaus are more fragile than we often anticipate. When a school has execution gaps and there's a plateau, there's always going to be a breaking point. Sometimes neighborhoods change, teams change, communities change, accountability frameworks change. The danger of these changes is they expose blind spots. And blind spots are the reason behind plateaus. A school can find something that works, so to speak. It works given the specific milieu and factors of the campus at that point in time. It creates results to a certain point. It's the short game. It usually creates false positives. That's the plateau. Is it possible that the limits of instructional leadership have to do with the focus of instructional leadership? By that, I mean, is it possible that instructional leadership is actually the perfect set of strategies and tactics for continuous school improvement, but only in theory? Why is that? Because there's a force more powerful at play than the collective set of instructional practice, or the collective set of curriculum designs or of assessment practices. What's that force? It's human nature. Instructional leadership is limited on its impact because it doesn't take into account the real role of leadership, and that is not to lead learning, but to lead minds human biological minds did you shout fire causing a panic yes i shouted fire i shouted many things i also shouted instructions on how to get out of the building so you can imagine my frustration as safety officer when nobody would heed of what heeded heeded Head. of headed. when no one headed take headed of. no one would take headed of my instructions heed. so heed. you take heed and of. i don't see my coworkers. Take heed of heeding this right now. Targeting execution gaps and breaking performance plateaus was really the work of Daniel Goleman and his research when he wrote the book Primal Leadership. I'd like to share an excerpt with you. In the last few decades, much research has proven the superiority of group decision-making over that of even the brightest individual in the group. 
There is one exception to this rule. If the group lacks harmony or the ability to cooperate, decision-making quality and speed suffer. Research at the Cambridge University found that even groups comprising brilliant individuals will make bad decisions if the group disintegrates into bickering, interpersonal rivalry, or power plays. In short, groups are smarter than individuals only when they exhibit the qualities of emotional intelligence. Everyone in the group contributes to the overall level of emotional intelligence, but the leader holds special sway in this regard. Emotions are contagious, and it's natural for people to pay extra attention to the leader's feelings and behavior. So very often, it is the group leader who sets the tone and helps to create the group's emotional reality, how it feels to be a part of the team. A leader skilled in collaboration can keep resonance high and thus ensure that the group's decisions will be worth the effort of meeting. Such leaders know how to balance a team's focus on the task with attention to the relationships among the team members. They naturally create a friendly, cooperative climate, a climate that fosters a positive outlook on the future. Accordingly, a leader who isn't emotionally intelligent can wreak havoc in a team situation. Collective emotional intelligence is what sets top-performing teams apart from average teams. What is it then that shifts a campus into the long game? From quick gains and plateaus to continuous improvement without execution gaps? It's DNA. The DNA of your campus It's the culture that sets the wheel in motion for continuous improvement. Improvement efforts do not begin and end with instructional leadership. Improvement efforts start with people and end with culture. Everything we do starts with people, not just students, not just community, but every human in our circle, their aspirations, their needs, their collective capacity for change, their shared vision. These are crucial for busting through improvement plateaus, and breaking execution gaps. I don't want to leave you just yet. I want to let you know that the show notes, the research, Daniel Goleman's book, and Howard Gardner's book, along with a few extra quotes, will be at mafos.com slash mashup. M-A-F-O-S-T dot com slash mashup. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Math Lost Mashup. If you enjoyed it, I only ask one thing. Please pass it along.